Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm your host, Dave Bookbinder. I'm a Senior Director of Valuation Services at CFGI. In my world, business performance and business value is measured by the numbers. Uh, but savvy executives and leaders understand that there's usually more to the story. So welcome to the program where we dig a little bit deeper to understand what really matters most in business. Today, we're going to be talking about bringing consumer products to the retail market. And we're going to be going behind the numbers with my guest, Bruce Rubin, who's the president of BHR Global Associates. Bruce, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great. It's a pleasure to have you. So I always start out by asking my guests to just tell the audience a little bit about who they are and a little bit about their company. Okay. <clears throat> you know, I started BHR Global about 15 years ago uh, <clears throat> based upon my background in product development and global sourcing and working with companies, with and for companies, to bring new products and product lines to retail market. Uh, <clears throat> leveraging my contacts in the, in the world of sourcing and product development, as well as a network of independent manufacturers reps, <clears throat> went out to the world to say, you know, here we are. We can, if you've got an idea for a product, <clears throat> we can help you from every step of the way, from validating that there is a product sale potential to getting it ready at the right retail price and getting it out to potential customers, retailers, everybody from QVC to Walmart and everything else in between. Uh, if you have one item and it's worth selling, if it's, it's got potential as a saleable item, we usually recommend that you go out and get a patent and try to license the product because getting a one item line into retail is difficult at best, especially for a new company. Places like QVC and HSN, if it's the right kind of product, we can help with that. <clears throat> but beyond that, you're getting into a, a bricks, and, bricks and mortar retailer like Walmart or Target or Home Depot or Lowe's is difficult, you know, especially for a new company. They have, you know, and <clears throat> with, a, with a company with a product line, if something doesn't work, you replace it with something else. But if you got one item, what are you going to replace it with if it doesn't work? You know, so that, you know. And we start out typically, you know, getting introduced to somebody, I've got an idea. And I said, we'll do the research to see if it's already been invented uh, and out there. And maybe it, it is a better version of what's already there. And in many cases, if it's not there, we'll see if it's, like I said, a better version, a better mousetrap yeah. uh, for the product. And then we'll work with them to make sure that the retail price, the cost and the retail price makes sense. That a lot of people think everybody's going to pay $59.95 for their item that's either a $4.99 or a $9.99 kind of product uh, and get it costed right and have, uh, or make sure it hasn't been invented. You know, one of the stories uh, people came to me uh, through a friend uh, who happens to be a music professor at the University of Kansas and has a cat. And if you have cats, when they leave the litter box, <clears throat> they get litter caught in their claws. Uh, and so he invented this mat that they would step on and capture the litter and then go about their business. So we said, make a sample. He made a sample. We said, make a better one. He made a better one. Uh, <clears throat> we went to lunch one day and Asked people, do you own a cat? And if they said yes, we said, would you pay $19.99 for this item, you know, outside the litter box? And they said, of course. That was a Thursday. So Saturday, after all this positive feedback, I went to PetSmart. And lo and behold, there were 12 feet of 
mats already invent already out there already on the market in different sizes and shapes and in one case the the product had already based upon the copyright on the packaging had already been on the market for 15 years so i told my friend to tell his friend keep his day job and it's a great idea but it's already out there and there's no prayer uh <clears throat> but in today's world with access to computers and or just getting up and going to wherever you think you might sell the product you can look but if you get past all of that then uh, you say we can help source it the right price I had somebody come to me who wanted us to sell the pro his product and I said what's your retail he said 59.95 I said what's the competitive product sell for he said a really good competitive premium version of what he had to sell is 35.99 I said nobody's going to buy your product nobody's going to spend sixty dollars for for something they may not understand versus something that's 35 you know that they they know what it is and I said can I source it for you and see if I can get the price down and I did and he's we actually made a better version of what he had uh, developed and the retail became 3995 mm. so you know uh, but we can we can do all of that yeah so are you working primarily with entrepreneurs Bruce or Pri companies? primarily with entrepreneurs like for like to work more with companies who have products who need more product development uh, having some issues with their sourcing be it from China or elsewhere in the world mm -hmm. uh, and get their cost in line and, and do all that but I you know I would entrepreneurs in many cases have no understanding of what it takes to do to be in business because once we get past the first uh, couple of rounds I'll say to them forget what I would cost you as a consultant do you have five to fifteen thousand dollars to get samples made maybe artwork for your product et cetera, et cetera. And they, I get this look like I need money to do things you know yeah. so and, and that's a good segue because I wanted to ask you about the process of bringing a product to the market you know so wearing my consumer hat if I walk into a store for example I'll notice some products well that's very clever or that seems stupid or you know, there's just necessities but I never really stop and spend the time to think about it. I wonder how that idea began and how it wound up in this particular store so can you talk to the audience a little bit about what that process entails okay typically if you're a company you've got a product line be it at Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's whatever and <clears throat> you then develop a line be it shower heads or whatever and you then have to work with the buyer at that company to present your product line and typically you know they have to like it and then if it works it'll get into retail then you have what has to happen is depending on the size of the package there's a you have to earn so many dollars per square inch so if an item say just for the sake of argument it's got to do fifty thousand dollars a year at retail if it doesn't you've got to come up with something to replace that and then you know you go through a process of markdowns and other things so that's why things are on sale for you know originally 19.99 now for 4.99 they're trying to get rid of it and the vendor and the company both they work together and both take a little bit of a hit on the profit margin uh, and then a new product comes in or if you want to do a lot of times what companies will do and what I did when I was working for companies we'd go 
to retail stores and say, who's next to what we're selling? And then see if we can make their, our, a version of those products faster, better, and cheaper. So we could go in and say, look, we've got a line. We've just come out with this new line of product, and we've sourced it, we've developed it, and we've made all these improvements over what you're now selling. Of course, you have a place to work from. And, you know, it becomes a decision the buyer makes. And then, you, you know, you, if you're lucky, you get the more space, you know, and it's all about, you know, space and how much you can, you know, fill up in a store. Right. So you, when you alluded to QVC, uh, I was thinking back to a QVC success story that originally began on Shark Tank. And I'm thinking about Scrub Daddy, right. um, basic kitchen sponge in, in the shape of a smiley face. What was it about that product that caught the consumer's attention and made it so successful? Well, it was it was different. People under but people understood what it did, and it became a, kind of a fun thing to have and do, and and it and it provided more <clears throat> for the consumer to to quote unquote clean. But it was but it was fun, you right. know. So. Uh, a lot of cases coming up with a product that's better than what's quote-unquote normal. Uh, like this item I alluded to before about the $59.95 for $39, it was a mulch fork. Instead of using two hands, it became a one-handed thing. Uh, so the developer did a little video where he was drinking a bottle of, you know, a little beer while he was mulching. Uh, and it's the same kind of thing. It's it's a fun product that uh, <clears throat> is a different twist. On, but everybody understands what it does. You don't have to educate what the product does. You just have to get, you know, in their mind that Awareness. this is something I need to have, yeah. and I understand what it does, and I want it. You know, gotcha. and it's not outrageously priced. Bruce, if anybody watching wants to learn more about you or how they can get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? They can contact me at Bruce at bhrglobal.com, and it'll come directly to me, and I will be happy to talk to anybody uh, and discuss the product. <clears throat> the initial consultation is at no cost to the people, the company, or to an inventor, and we'll go through the process. And if everything works out, they'll have a product that's successful, and you know. Yep. Go from there. Sounds good. I think we've got about three minutes or so to go in this first segment. So I wanted to ask you, in your experience, is there a common theme that you've seen in terms of mistakes that entrepreneurs or companies are making as they are going about this process and getting a product to market? So if you were advising <laughs> them you know, gratis right here, right now, what would you right. tell them to watch out for? Well, first of all, watch out for the quality. Watch out for the retail price, that the price is right. Uh, and that uh, it fits in what you, you know what you do, and it, and there's a big enough potential market. Uh, one of the products that I work with was a wrench to remove your old toilet seat, which if anybody has done that, it's it could be difficult and put on the new one. And I went to yeah, this gentleman had one item, and I went to the a company and said, what would you have to pay? Because it was like five five ninety nine, and it wasn't selling as much. I said, what would the cost have to be <coughs> to wholesale it for a dollar, so it can be a dollar ninety nine. They told me sixty cents, and I found <coughs> a cost that allowed the person to get it delivered for you know 
a lot less than 60 cents and sold a couple of million pieces uh, and worked out one of the things we can do is work out terms with our vendors that in this case the man never had to take one penny out of his pocket uh, in, in for almost two million pieces he sold except write me a check for making the deal so. gotcha in less than 60 seconds Bruce that's all we've got left here that's in this okay. first segment how long does it take to go from the idea concept to getting into a retail outlet? If you're lucky, it'll only take a year and a half. Uh, you've got to go if from the day it starts. You know, you've got to get the product made, get it made right, get enough samples, get the get to the sales force, get have them get an appointment, and then the retailer saying yes, and then that's only when they're making changes to that area of the store, and that's typically a few months later then you know so if you're lucky if you came to me today uh, January 1st 2021 you might have your product in a store good to know I think on that note we're going to take a quick commercial break don't go anywhere you don't go anywhere we'll be right back on behind the numbers after these commercial messages casinos by the ocean now that's New Jersey. 130 miles of beautiful beaches, solid rock, and everything in between. Now that's New Jersey. Burlington County College. Is now Rowan College of Burlington County. Still the same great faculty. At a community college ranked top 50 in the nation. Basically we earn more and pay less. RCBC students are accepted at Rowan University after graduation and get a bachelor's degree for around $30,000. Online and Mount Laurel students get a 15% Rowan University tuition discount and have many scholarship opportunities. So you earn more and pay even less. Rowan College of Burlington County. Your path to success. They are the greatest fighting force the world has ever seen. What does it take to strengthen our service members? What does it take to let them know that we stand behind them, wherever they are? What does it take to bridge the distance and keep them connected to family, home, and country? And what does it take to prepare them for their future when their service to the nation is complete? What does it take to strengthen our service members so they can be the greatest force for good in the world. It takes a force. Be a force behind the forces. Share a message today at force.uso.org. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. Today we're talking about bringing a consumer product to the retail market. 
with Bruce Rubin, who's the president of BHR Global Associates. Um, Bruce, we spent a good amount of time in the first segment discussing that topic. We're going to shift gears a little bit here uh, and put on a different hat, so to speak, and that is to talk about your role with ELAB, the Executive Leaders for Advisory Boards. So for the folks who are watching who don't know what ELAB is, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, ELAB is a group of uh, 45 uh, execu senior executives uh, who have been selected to fill roles in, in, as in, in advisory boards for companies. Uh, each one has been selected and there's very little overlap so we can handle and cover any area where a company would be needing advisory help. Uh, I'm in, my background is in supply chain and product development and sourcing, uh, and people are in, have HR backgrounds, accounting backgrounds, marketing backgrounds, et cetera. Uh, <clears throat> the goal is to provide what we believe is an underserved area <clears throat> with companies. We're not a board of directors. We're a board of advisors that will be paid uh, by the company to get them to the next level uh, and uh, based upon the company and their needs after interviewing them in one of two processes we have for uh, <coughs> meeting companies, uh, one of which is called Growth Company Catalyst and the other one is just an interview process where they'll come and present and say, I, we have a problem and we pick five or six people <coughs> who fit the company and what they do and, and, and so on and the backgrounds match and we'll give them uh, advice, you know, for the, you know, and all their obligation is to pay for breakfast or lunch or whatever we meet at. Uh, the goal, the long-term goal is to get the 45 of us on, ad on advisory boards uh, as paid advisors to meet with the company once a month, once a quarter, whatever works for them, uh, to get them on the path to growth and make changes to what they're doing. Uh, we're not consultants. We're not getting paid for a project. If one of us happens to get asked to do a consulting project, we will leave the advisory board and replace it with somebody else. Uh, and there will be, uh, we're in the process of launching uh, to get the word out that we believe this is an underserved marketplace that uh, companies are unaware of advisory boards and the value that they could bring to the company. Uh, and we'll be getting a marketing and, and campaign. And, and we have a website, advisory-boards.org, uh, and uh, <laughs> which will give you more details about you know what I'm saying. But it it's basically, like I say, a, a, a group of 45. And, and not to get any bigger, it may get to 50, but no more than 50. So it's not like we want to, we're going to be 300 people when you, you know, kind of networking group. It's, right. you know, uh, highly selected individuals, you know, and, and we ensure that there's minimal <clears throat> to no overlap in what, what are based upon our backgrounds. So you mentioned it's an advisory board right. um, and you made a distinction between board of directors. So if a company has a board, why do they need an advisory board? What's the difference there? Well, a board of directors, you know, will review the books and do things and try to give, uh, <clears throat> look, having been on the board of the directors, it, you know, it becomes a meeting of 
let's talk about the company. But the purpose is not necessarily to get things done or, or drive the, the direction in the way an advisory board would, because we're independent. We're not part of the company. Many times, board of directors are made up of employees and some some outside people and, and maybe investors or some combination. We're totally outside of all of that. So our, our only goal is to make sure that we provide the advice necessary for the company to get from level A to level B to level C uh, without any personal gain or, you know, obligation in, in the process where a board of directors, you know, sometimes their advice is based upon what they want, not what's good for the company kind of thing. Gotcha. How can people learn more if they wanted to contact you, Bruce? <laughs> Again, uh, you can contact me about eLab at bruce at bhrglobal.com. And uh, when you, if you're interested in learning about eLab, just make that the subject of your email. But it's, again, bruce at bhrglobal.com. Sounds good. I want to shift gears real quick because okay. we only have a few minutes to go in the program. And I wanted to talk about your athletic prowess. Okay. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll let you decide what you want to talk about and how you want to discuss it. But you're quite an athlete. All right. Thank you. Uh, well, I just, we... I am the captain of a three-on-three -three basketball team that just competed in the National Senior Games where we came in fifth in our age group uh, out of 17 teams. Uh, initially, my teammates were disappointed, and I just said, we, don't, we just lost to the gold, silver, and bronze medalists, and we're fifth in the country. And all of a sudden, it kind of lit up that we're actually pretty good. And we came home with a ribbon. Uh, I also belong to a track and field group, the Philadelphia Masters Track and Field Association, uh, where I run 400 meters, 800 meters, and race walk. Uh, and one of the things I did at the senior games was participate in the 1500 meter race walk, 1500 meter power walk, and 5000 meter power walk. And my goal in the race walk was not to get disqualified, and I didn't, and which I, which was thrilling because I've been <coughs> my technique and practice is. I need to do more of that uh, instead of playing basketball three or four times a week. Uh, Did you get disqualified by throwing a few elbows at people as you were going by? No. Uh, but one of the things we did uh, as part of our the track club, we, I participated in the National USA Track and Field Masters indoor track meet in, in March uh, and at the Penn Relays in, in April. And in one event, we set a, a world record for our age group in the 4 by 400 meter uh, relay. And in the, at the pen relays, we set an American record. One was indoors, and the pen relays obviously outdoors for the American record for the same same race. So, uh, And like I said, I, in, in, in the wintertime, I'm landing up playing basketball four times a week, which doesn't give me enough time to practice the running and, and the walking like I should. So. <laughs> Well, congratulations Thank to you. you. So what's your uh, your diet and your exercise regimen like to well, maintain? Well, I am on the ketogenic diet, which is low-carb, high-fat uh, protein. So it's, it's kind of 5% carb, 75% fat, 20% protein, which <clears throat> I try to follow as best I can. Uh, when I'm not playing basketball, I'll either go to the to work out at the Y near me or ride a stationary bike or run. Uh, and depending on how business is, uh, I'll 
exercise at least six days a week. Yeah. Wow, nice. I think we have time for one more quick question. I want to circle back to eLab, uh, just for the folks at home who are watching. Is there a particular size of an organization that's a, a <laughs> yeah. good fit for uh, what you guys are offering? Preferably a, a business of at least five to ten million dollars, up to fifty million, uh, would be our sweet spot uh, as to uh, a company we're looking to help and hopefully get them from you know ten to a hundred million, you know, or fifty to five hundred million. Right. That that's a sweet spot. And just to be clear, it's not just what you can do in helping a company that may have a retail product, but when you talk about the other folks in, on the team, it could be raising capital, it could be an accounting matter, it could be a marketing matter. Absolutely anything, and 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 that's one of the good, th nice things about who the group is is our backgrounds cover everything in business. So if if you you're not a product company or an IT company. We've got people, I would not necessarily be on the advisory board, but we've got people that can fill the roles in an IT company as well as a manufacturing company. Uh, so the type of company is immaterial. But they do need to have, been, you know, how long they've been in business is, is immaterial, but they need to have, you know, that range of income. Got it. On that note, we've got to wrap up for today. Bruce, thank you so much for joining me. Okay. Our guest today on Behind the Numbers was Bruce Rubin, and we've been talking about bringing products to market. Uh, my name is Dave Bookbinder, and I will see you next time on Behind the Numbers.